Welcome back to Tune Into Nature. My name is Kelly. And my name is Anna. You're listening to Tune Into Nature. With Halloween fast approaching, we tried to get in contact with the cow himself. But unfortunately, he's been in a deep slumber for a couple of centuries. However, we do have someone who's been in close contact with one of Dracula's pals. In today's episode, we are speaking with Ethan, who is a senior in Ecosystem Science and Sustainability, which we call ESS. Ethan is a part of a lab studying bat research through the SUPER Research Program. SUPER stands for Skills for Undergraduate Participation in Ecological Research and is one of the many ways to get involved in undergraduate research at Warner College. With that, Ethan, would you go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Uh, Hi, yeah, my name's Ethan. I'm... Uh, fourth year uh, transfer student, originally from Regis University, and I'm, uh, as Anna said, majoring in ESS and minoring in general sociology. Thanks for that. I guess the first question we have for you is, what made you interested in applying for Super? Well, I was uh, I was part of a class last year where a lot of the students were members of the Super program, and. Uh, They had a lot of good things to say about it. I've always been into research, and it just seemed like a natural next step for me to really hone in those skills and learn how to conduct real scientific research. Nice. So um, I'm also in the super program, and so I know a little bit about what's going on. And we haven't gone too far yet since it's the beginning of the year, but how has your time in super been so far? what, What has it been like? It's been pretty relaxed so far. I've just met with my mentor a couple of times. We've gone over uh, how we're going to analyze the data and just the format the data is all in. We're actually using uh, weather data as a means of identifying clusters of bats. Dang, that's super cool. I know I've heard of a lab. I don't know if you're, it's within the early ecology lab that you're doing your project, but I know that's also an opportunity for research where they look at satellite data and radar to identify uh, bird clusters. So it's it's cool that they're expanding that to bats and like different animals and whatnot. Yeah, we have a little like sister project that is basically the same thing, but with swallows instead of bats. Nice. Yeah. That's very cool. Do you feel... Like, since you are a transfer student, can you speak on how transferring into this program has maybe facilitated getting involved in research for you? I transferred during COVID, so it was a messy time to transfer. <laughs> yeah, but for sure. uh, before COVID, I was pretty involved in biological research at Regis. And uh, I mean, it was just class stuff, but the science program was pretty intense there, so it was. I just, I wanted to get a more general education on the research process rather than them just throwing me in the deep end. Yeah, for sure. And I I know the super program is a pretty hands-on program. You're um, personally paired with a mentor. So how was your like mentor pairing process? How did that go for you? I mean, you know, we did the uh, meet and greet day and uh, my mentor was actually the first person I went up to. I prioritized uh, GIS as one of the things I wanted to do in the program, in my research. And this program was pretty heavily involved with GIS and other forms of coding and field work, I realize is really important for some people. And I would have liked that, but I'm not too bitter about that at all. And uh, I think I got a project that really suits what I want to do. Stacy did a lot of work pairing us with the right people. She was my top three choice 
don't know where I lied for her, but <laughs> with yeah. that, can you speak on what you think makes a good mentor and also what makes a good mentee? Yeah, so uh mentor, I just feel like the the main thing has to be just patience, just realizing we are new to the whole research scene. We are a lot of us are juniors and seniors in college and we just don't have that level of professional research um, experience that they have. So just a little bit of guidance and uh, patience with the mentees. But the mentees, on the other hand, have to be very um, willing to learn. They have to. They can't be stubborn. They shouldn't be stubborn. And they should just. They should have at least some essence of a passion for what they're doing. I love how you touched on that because I feel like a lot of people have this idea of what it's like to go into research in undergrad, and it's usually not that smooth. <laughs> like there is a huge learning curve, but there there's ton of tons of opportunities if you want them and you have the passion and the drive. People don't think you're taking it seriously. They're not going to want to mentor you. Just being authentic about your experiences and where you have to learn, and just being humble about the skills that you don't have but you're wanting to gain, I think is a really good attitude to have going into research because we are, yeah, like 20, 21, 22, whatever, you know, we we don't have that the, those higher degrees yet. And just being open and willing to take that criticism when it comes and use it to become a better scientist, <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah, that um, was like a big part of me being scared and having this like big idea of doing research that it was you know like you're in the lab and you're like conducting your own studies and everything and it's like a big thing you know <laughs> um but this program has really helped me destroy kind of that idea um that I had in my head and it's been really good um since it is so hands-on I don't know a lot about research and that's the point of this program is to learn it like um I know in the class we basically start from ground zero of um, like networking and then we follow all the way through into like writing our reports and like our findings so that's something that I've really enjoyed coming into this is just the whole like really like the deep dive into everything of how you're supposed to do it so like coming from a spot where you know nothing <laughs> it's really good because you just you learn basically everything yeah yeah I mean um I'm Fortunate enough, I was I was happy with this selection. My uh, mentor is actually a grad student, so it's it's kind of this double learning. Like we're learning alongside each other, which I just I like that because there's no power dynamics at play, and there's no she can't get mad at me because I'm <laughs> in lower position and don't know as much. She... Grad students are really great, especially in natural resources, because I feel like natural resources as a whole is a really good community and people look out for each other and it's not really competitive because we all know that we have a place and a role to fill in helping the earth and whatnot. Grad students are also stress students. They're <laughs> in the same place as us, just a higher level. And I've had some really fun connections with grad students where you know, they are your TAs maybe, but then you can go and talk to them about just like life stuff too. And they are almost always willing and needing help <laughs> yeah. because they're taking on something that's also probably new to them. And they, they also need people to help go through samples and 
And uh, so I think just reaching out to grad students is a really good way to get involved in a research. That's how I got involved my freshman year and it worked out really well. <laughs> and it's sometimes less intimidating than going up to a professor or whatnot in their office hours. Big fan of the making connections with grad students for sure. <laughs> So once you were um, put together with your mentor and paired, now that you're starting your research, can you tell us what your research project is? I'm still getting all the details hammered out here. So it's it's a pretty open-ended thing, as a lot of these research projects are, and especially with a grad student, she's uh, her hypothesis is going to evolve over time. But uh, really what we're looking at right now is we're looking at a uh, species, these Mexican tree-tailed bats. They're, uh, they're from southern central Mexico. And during the springtime, I think, they migrate up to like the southern Texas area. So we're taking some weather data from southern Texas and just examining how roost sites affect population density and how rising temperatures, global warming is affecting uh, the population sizes of these roosts. And uh, yeah, it's really, it's really cool to see on the weather data. There's, you'll just see these massive, like it looks like clouds on the weather data. And that's why it's a little confusing because it could be clouds sometimes. And they tend to uh, just expand and get much larger, whereas clouds just move along. I'm really enjoying it so far. Hey, and are you um, using GIS to analyze all that? So, so far, we haven't used any GIS or any uh, data management programs other than Excel. Uh, right now, we're just going over the data. There's uh, some other grad students wrote a program to find the roosts, to identify the roosts. With a lot of programming, it's like, slightly flawed and you still need the human input. So right now what we're doing is we're going over the data and um, if the computer incorrectly identifies it as a roost, we'll change it into non-roost and then vice versa. And sometimes we have to take some notes on uh, different uh, weather effects or IR effects that are going on. And yeah, it's, it's just going to be a tedious process for now, but later on, I think we're going to be using some GIS, uh, ArcGIS, and maybe some Python. For our listeners, can you explain some of those vocab words you just use, okay. like GIS, Roost, IR? Yeah, like, so... Just a little refresher for some people. Yeah, for sure. G GIS is just geographic information systems. It's it's maps, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Um, and ArcGIS is a program we've, a lot of us have been taught to use here at CSU uh, for making maps and updating metadata in there. Metadata is just all the uh, information leading to that data. So like where it is, uh, the actual like numerical data in that set. I like to call data or metadata the data's data. So. Yeah, <laughs> great yeah. way of putting it. <laughs> R is a data management software language, it's a coding language, uh, as is Python. Python's a little bit more versatile in terms of what you can do with it, but they're both really good data management uh, languages. I learned a little bit of R in a class last year as a requirement for my major, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, Python, I still haven't done a lot of. I still haven't done any of actually <laughs> but um it's 
it's uh it's a skill that I want to acquire and I've been looking for routes to acquire that skill and this one just seemed the most relevant to me to what I want to do in the future and roost roost that's just a lot it's like a bat colony <laughs> they uh they hang out in caves single roost single cave and they come out of the cave all together that's a roost. Great. Thanks for clarifying <laughs> that. <laughs> and I'm glad you're starting to get that experience that you're wanting to with Python and yeah. all those management systems because I personally am really intimidated by that stuff, <laughs> but it's something that's important to learn. Since we've gone over kind of what the project is, what you'll be doing, shall we backtrack and talk about what the end goals of Super are? Yeah, for sure. So we're both in Super. <laughs> um, I'll like... To get to the end goals of Super, I'll start at the beginning. Perfect. <laughs> so um, basically within Super, um, you apply in the spring. I think I applied sometime in April. Yeah, I was, uh, I was a little bit later in May after a meeting with uh, Professor Lin. Mm, okay. And so um, then I think we like found out that you made it or like if you were like admitted into like the program, I think sometime in May. Late, late May, May. Yeah, yeah, late May, and then you add a class to your schedule, um, ESS two ten, I believe. Two twenty. Two twenty. Never mind. <laughs> and um, then you're put in a class, and then you show up in the fall. You're in the class. You're with Dr. Stacy Lynn, an amazing professor, and then she basically teaches you all about research. And then you're paired with your mentor. Once you're paired with your mentor, you can start doing your research. Basically, all throughout the fall, you're going to be doing kind of like the back end part of the research of like researching what research you'll be doing, if that makes sense. Kind of like gathering your um, like articles and different supplies of, you know, creating your hypothesis and all the little things that set you up a firm foundation. So you can do like some really like sound research and like, you know what you're going to do. And then after all that moving into like the fall it also is all like different for each project because the project that i'm in i'm currently doing data collection on macroinvertebrates which are bugs essentially and so um we're doing that in the first half of the fall before it gets cold but another um project would possibly be doing their like field work or data more in the spring so it really just depends it's really open and flowy um but in the spring that's whenever we get to our end goal <laughs> which is the um kirk research um which is celebrate undergraduate research and creativity thank you kelly yeah <laughs> and so there we'll be presenting our research what we did our findings to basically a panel and then there will also be awards that we're basically competing for yeah <laughs> i've done circ uh two years in a row one was virtually and then one was in person last year and i feel like it's a really good thing that csu does to allow undergrads to present their research at whatever level they're at it could be a proposal it can be an art thing it can be a written component or it can be kind of like your stereotypical research poster or oral presentation and it's a just a good environment where it's not judgmental. It's not super high stakes, <laughs> but 
you get hot, you're surrounded with people of your similar interests and grade and uh, place in their professional career that you can get feedback and uh, not feel super intimidated. But then it's also cool if you get an award too. <laughs> it's something to to you know be really proud of at the same time. I'm glad to hear that you like it. Cause yeah. <laughs> I'm a little nervous for it, but I'm also really excited. So I think it's definitely worth doing and you get feedback. Uh, and I think it's just really good practice to explain research to people who are not in the same field as you, which is just a really good skill to have regardless, <laughs> because not everyone's going to know all the, you know, all the vocab words, <laughs> like that's a roost. <laughs> <laughs> and just being able to explain that and the main takeaways and how maybe it can be relevant for them is super valuable in science for sure ethan how are you feeling about sir uh, sir i mean i'm i'm pretty excited for it i i was always the uh the science fair kid and <laughs> so i i kind of kind of like to see it as a college science fair that's a really good way to describe yeah. it honestly <laughs> i'm gonna start thinking of it like that now <laughs> And while we're on the subject of CERC, that research conference, I do want to highlight some other research programs that you can do in undergrad. Uh, I'm personally a part of HERS. <laughs> we really like our acronyms here. And that's the Honors Undergraduate Research Scholars. And while SUPER is specific to kind of sustainability, HERS crosses, I think, all colleges. I got invited to apply for that basically right after I got admitted to CSU. And that's kind of a similar thing where you get paired with a faculty and they have expectations for presenting at CERC and whatnot. So there is plenty of opportunities to do research if you have the drive to do it and seek them out. Uh, so yeah, like super hers, even just Canvas advising pages, for sure. student organization email lists, grad students. There's an abundance of opportunities to yeah. do research, even if it's not, you know, a formal class like super or even, you know, like a formal organization like hers. Mm -hmm. Just and wanted then, to touch on that. Yeah. <laughs> Warner also has their career services page that you can also check out for a big list of research opportunities that they are constantly updating. So that is another really good resource to find research opportunities. Going along with career services and everything around that sphere, undergraduate research is also a really great resume builder. So Ethan, are you... Um, Thinking of any like grad school or after college career, anything around there? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence about that right now. I'm not. Uh, grad school is absolutely uh, an option. It's a realistic place that I might end up going. Uh, I'm kind of thinking of just working right out of college and then coming back a little bit later just to more hone my skills in environmental sciences and stuff. As far as like research goes here, I've done a bit of resume building just through research programs here. That's uh, super great. It's already on my resume. Been there for a couple of weeks and already bragging about it to potential employers. <laughs> as you should. Uh, I did a I did a study abroad program over the summer studying uh, sustainable energy transitions in Copenhagen. Ooh, wow. That's also on my resume. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. But it was only two and a half weeks, but it was a lot of fun. And I mean, if you just, like you guys have been saying, if you just look for the opportunities, they're they're all there. You just got to find them. For sure, for sure. Regardless of even if you want to go straight into grad school, I know we've said it before on the podcast, I'm sure, but 
it's really good to find out what you don't like at the same time. Oh, yeah. Like, personally, I knew I wanted to get involved in research right away, and I did, and I've done different internships, and that's really helped me out for grad school applications that I'm doing right now, that, you know, people see I have tried out different projects, and I have the ability to kind of narrow down my interests because of that. Some people go into research and realize they don't like it, and that's just as valuable because <laughs> you don't want to think you want to go into grad school and without doing any research, and they show up, and they're like, wow, this is not my jam. Yeah. <laughs> At least not right now. Like Maybe you want to narrow down your interests and do a lot of field work first. Those are all really good options, but I think research is a good stepping stone to figure out what topics you would like to further learn about or or do field work with or whatnot for sure that was actually kind of like why I um wanted to do undergrad research is because I wanted to see if I actually liked it or not because I'm currently deciding between going to grad school for like you know science or possibly totally switching up everything and going to law school for environmental law and so I'm using this program kind of as a test the waters, see if I actually like it. If I hate it, going to law school. If I really like it, <laughs> staying in the science realm of things. And so that's a really good um, point that you just brought up and something that personally applies to me and what I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, I didn't know you were planning on doing that. That's super cool. <laughs> yeah. I only found out I was going to plan on doing that like this summer. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it just shows the wide breadth of careers and natural resources. I think. For sure. Yeah. All right. The next part of our podcast, we're going to hit you with some rapid fire questions just for fun and to get to know you a little bit more. Sounds great. So the first one we have is what are you planning to be for Halloween? I'm going to be uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Um, <laughs> from Phineas and Ferb. Uh, what inspired you to do that? I uh, I named my dog after him <laughs> a while back, and I love that show still. You know, 21-year-old man, and I watch <laughs> Phineas and Ferb on my downtime sometimes. And uh, my girlfriend's going as Perry the Platypus. Oh, that's amazing. That's a good a like joint costume. Yeah. <laughs> So staying within the Halloweens, and since this is our kind of Halloween-themed episode, what is your favorite spooky, air quotation mark, activity? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty basic. I like I like the pumpkin picking. But uh, when I was younger, I did a lot of haunted woods. Those were a lot of fun. I love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Those are fun. Have you all, like, done, like, a haunted, like, walk-through house as well as, like, the woods? Mm-hmm. Those, like, are scary. <laughs> I haven't done those yet, no. There's I, some in Denver, I think, that I want to try. But I, hot take, I don't get scared by haunted houses because I know they're people. Ooh. I know they're just actors. But then I get scared by scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of contradicts itself. But I love going and, you know, holding my friend's hands. <laughs> yeah. I went for, like, in high school, I went, um, like, after my homecoming dance. <laughs> Because it was like right on Halloween. All dressed up. <laughs> yeah, for, it was for the haunted house. Yep, that's awesome. We were, we were going for it, and we were in like a big group and everything. And it was, we were we were feeding each other's energy. Let me just say that, <laughs> like we were hyping it up way too much for what it was. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, let's see. Do you have a favorite Halloween movie? Movie, I uh. I like the Nightmare Before Christmas a lot. I, Respect. I know wow. Like, I know that's kind of like 
I mean, Christmas is in the title, but Thor's <laughs> Nightmare, so. No, I I love that movie. Anything Tim Burton, I can get behind. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big Halloween town gal. Those are fun. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I just good. grew up on those. Yeah. You know? Did you watch the new Hocus Pocus movie? Not yet. Mm. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> well, that's that. <laughs> so, last little rapid fire Halloween themed question: What's your favorite Halloween candy? I like Butterfingers a lot. I just like I understand the consequences. I understand that my teeth are gonna be <laughs> sticky for like half an hour after that. I've never cared. I always go right in there. I love them so much. <laughs> That was my favorite candy when I was a kid, and I've slightly switched to Snickers. Oh, I'm a Snickers. But yeah. I still, Jesus. Butterfingers are so sentimental, and then I have them. I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> this takes me back. <laughs> They're so good. I do not blame you. Yeah. I'm a Snickers girl. I love a good Snickers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong. No, you no. Can't. I'm, I'm always going to take a Snickers. It's on the table. This just turns into like a Snickers promo. <laughs> Not you when you're hungry. Yeah. Well, thanks for answering those. Our last question for you is what excites you about research and what would you say to people interested in pursuing research? Yeah, uh research is it's just awesome. I <laughs> you get to you get to find something out that no one's ever found out. You you take all this applied knowledge, uh sometimes it's not even, sometimes it's brand new stuff and you learn something entirely new that might support a hypothesis and even better if you disprove your own hypothesis you learned now that that's not how it is and uh just that like somewhat knowing but not knowing for sure aspect of it i'm just it really draws me in and it's uh the type of research we're doing for super right now it's just it's really uh, important just in the field of ecology in general i mean Mine right now is, it's pretty relevant just in terms of global warming, how it's affecting things other than us. And like some people choose not to see that, but we're trying to show it a little bit, to show it just with numbers, because numbers don't lie. Exactly. Yeah. The I actually am from Texas, and so I have like personal experience within the like bat that population that we have down there and so um i'm glad that you're doing research on this because they're like my little bat friends <laughs> oh, yeah i think i can't answer it better than how you did just learning new things is what drives me i think <laughs> and helping understand processes that are happening that we don't know what we, we don't know about and that are benefiting us <laughs> and how can we help keep those processes intact for the future it's really interesting (laughs) and i like how you brought up even if your hypothesis is disproven it's still like valuable to the scientific community just because you didn't necessarily you know prove what you thought was going to happen it is just uh you can look at it in another way of well now you know no that doesn't work and that's not it's just you know making your little circle smaller of what the actual answer is so I think that can sometimes be left behind in the idea of research, but I think that's a really critical thing to keep in mind when I'm completing research. 
we could have a whole episode about p values <laughs> the problems of you know having tunnel vision around a certain solution but we won't get into that <laughs> that's for next episode exactly. well thanks for coming on today ethan and talking about your research experience and how you got involved i think it's really helpful to people coming into csu and with that that's all we have for this episode of tune into nature tune in next time to hear us chat about how winter tourism is being affected by climate change we'll see you next time on tune into nature bye